Welcome back to another episode of Onyx Theory Podcast. I am so excited to introduce our next guest. Um, we have been friends for a couple of months, maybe yeah. two or three months. Yeah, a couple months. We we had lunch together <laughs> with a with a mutual friend of ours, and yeah. uh, had a really great conversation. I thought it was one of the most inspiring conversations I've had in a very very long time. So, oh, thank you. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I still remember it. Um, but I do want to introduce. Angie Burns, director and founder of Ovation Academy. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Hi. I'm so happy for you to be here. It's I'm happy to be here. Thanks <laughs> for having me. Absolutely. Now, I, I just want to jump right into it. Sure. What does Ovation Academy represent to you? What does it represent to me? I think it represents um, the future of, of performing arts. Um, we are a school for uh, an alternative to traditional education models for 6th through 12th grade college and career bound artists. So I think it represents the next generation of professional artists. Right. Um, we really work with our students to understand the industry beyond the artistry and mm -hmm. be good humans who make great artists that make us a stronger community. Right. So we teach our kids that it's not just about your talent, it's mm -hmm. about your work ethic, it's about your persona. It's about knowing the business, knowing how to network, knowing how to brand, knowing right. how to do the people skills side and mm -hmm. the business side right. of being a performing artist and doing that as a career to have longevity. Right. And so I think it really um, is just about teaching them anything from, you know, mental and physical well-being, mm -hmm. because a lot of artists, you know, there's the whole thing with the union right now with the, you know, 16 hour workdays, the 10 of 12 and all of that, um, teaching the kids how to advocate for themselves and mm -hmm. teaching them how to stay healthy, mm -hmm. take care of their instrument, um, their voice, their body, their mind, um, teaching them not only the techniques in music, theater and dance, but as professionals and as people. And so I think it really just represents a, a new generation of knowledgeable, impactful, empathetic artists that are going to go out and change the world. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah, I, you gave me a tour earlier today. And I was the one thing that surprised me the most was how happy <laughs> the kids are. The kids want to go to school. The yeah. kids are very happy yeah. there. They want to be here. You're, yeah. you're providing an environment where a lot of kids don't want to go to school. Yeah. Um, and it's not their fault. Right. You know, there's a lot of things happening in these schools. Of course, there's COVID, you know, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We're going to live with that for a while now. Right. Um, and then there's also, you know, more devastating things that happen in schools. Yeah. Um, but to see the, the look on all the kids' faces and how much fun they're having is Yeah, we get amazing. a lot of students who come here because of the hostile environment from their previous education, um, whether that be a public school, a home school, a private school, whatever it may be. Um, they come here because we provide a safe, positive, supportive, and inclusive environment. Um, everybody here is welcome to be themselves. They're welcome to um, take risks. They're, they're encouraged to try things that they may not have tried before. Um, and if they're successful or not successful, they surprise themselves sometimes, you know, and, and they learn what they like. They learn what they don't like. They learn new skills that they didn't know they had. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a very supportive environment. It is a very inclusive environment. It is is very much a student led, um, student centric environment. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I yeah, I, I can't applaud you enough and and your staff for for creating this kind of atmosphere. Thank you. Um, you know, I get uh, 
I understand what it's like to be in a conservatory, a music conservatory, and um, there's a lot of freedom mm -hmm. in a music conservatory. So how does the academic side of your conservatory work? Um, how do you treat that and then also treat the performing arts? Is it like a 50-50 thing? Is it like... Yeah, it really... Um the cool thing with our program is every single thing about our program, every aspect about the program is individualized to the student's needs. It's to individualize to your goals, to your career path, to your learning style. What do you need to be successful as a person, as a professional, and as an artist? And so we can look at it and we have a hybrid model with our core academics. Mm -hmm. So basically we facilitate third-party curriculum and instruction. Okay. So they come to school here, 8.15 to 4.30, Monday through Friday, just like they would a normal school. Um, but the way that our, our schedule is designed is, is very unique. So we have a university model schedule Monday through Thursday. So mm -hmm. they have Monday, Wednesday classes, they have Tuesday, Thursday classes. So there are 14 class periods in their schedule versus a public school that normally has seven to eight. Right. And then on Fridays, we do flex Fridays. That's mm -hmm. where we do rehearsals, competition prep. We bring in a life skills guest speaker. So mm -hmm. anything from they've had um, civil rights attorneys come in. They do money matters, te teaching them about budgeting and credit and taxes. Wow. They, they're CPR certified. They all got CPR certified this year. We bring in people that teach them how to change a tire, how to check their oil life skills every Friday. Um, we also do community service mm -hmm. every, um, they do a hundred hours of community service a year. So we do all of that on the Friday. So within those 14 class periods, um, they have at least seven academics and, and, or seven arts classes. And then the rest of it depends on what that student needs. So some of our seniors do all of their academics, dual credit with Colin college. Mm -hmm. So they only need half a day, two days a week for academics. Mm -hmm. uh, some of our other students like our middle school students they may need seven class periods of academics so when they go to academics they go into our academic room with our academic learning coach and they serve as almost a one-on-one -on -one tutor to facilitate whatever curriculum that that family has chosen to use wow. so it can be a public online high school it can be a private school it can be a homeschool curriculum they bring the curriculum and we facilitate it so um, much like when um Public schools went to virtual learning for COVID and the parents were there to say, did you log in? Did you watch your video? Did you check your boxes? Our academic learning coaches do that for the kids. Okay. Um, so if they want a program that's accelerated and AP and dual credit, we can offer that. If mm -hmm. they want to just get a high school diploma, we can make that happen. If awesome. they want a homeschool path, we can make that happen. Um, so it's all individualized to the needs of the student. They can have anywhere from one to seven academic periods in their week. It's all individualized to how much the student needs. Wow. Now, now it, it's a very selective group, right? Yes. So it's a, yeah. it's a small group, mm -hmm. but it's you get to really focus in on each one of the, um, the kids, each one of the artists, uh, and, and kind of help them through and guide them through. Yeah, we, we only take a max of 12 students per grade level. Mm -hmm. um, right now, our largest class is our senior class. We have 11, mm -hmm. um, so we aren't even maxed out in any grade. So we do have availability, but it is an audition and interview-based program. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do it is we're not looking for necessarily the most talented or experienced artist. We're looking for passion and potential over talent and ego. Okay. Um, we don't want somebody coming in here thinking that they know everything and being a diva and a stage mom. Like, dance moms is not what we do. Um, but somebody who wants to learn, wants to grow, and wants to contribute positively to the environment that we've created here. Wonderful. So that interview and that application is more to 
um, weed out the people who are are more about learning a craft for themselves mm -hmm. rather than learning craft for the art arts community. Right. Um, so we want the kids that understand the big picture of the industry and how we all have to support each other. We mm -hmm. all have to lean on each other. Um, versus I'm in it just for me. Right. Um, we teach our kids that it's it's not the stereotypes that you've learned in this business. It's not dog eat dog, claw your way to the top, stab everybody in the back. Right. That's not how you're successful as an artist. You're successful by having a good work ethic, by being knowledgeable, by being respected to where your reputation precedes you and people want to hire you and want to work with you. You don't have to be the most talented because if you're the most talented, but you're a jerk, nobody wants to work with you. Absolutely but if right. you're talented and you know what you're doing and people like being around you that's when you're going to work and sustain a career in this industry right absolutely yeah. i think you're absolutely you're spot on when it comes to talent versus getting someone prepared right you know uh there i've, I've run into so many talented artists and the ones that come out on top are always the ones that want to put in the work mm -hmm. They, Absolutely. And it's like, you know, they may they may be starting at a lower point, mm -hmm. but that work ethic, I don't know what it is, but it just, it will Absolutely. climb above yep. and it always, always does. It's, yeah. it's one of those. Yeah. We always cool say our, our kids aren't more talented than mm -hmm. other kids. I mean, they're highly successful. They get into the top colleges. They book professional work. About 95% of our kids work professionally before they graduate. But it's not because they're more talented. We win a lot of competitions, but it's because they put in the work. Mm -hmm. They have more time to dedicate to their craft. They have more support and mentors within right. our staff mm -hmm. than somebody maybe in a public school program who has one theater director <laughs> right. or who has, you know, has to spend all day in an academic classroom and then go to a dance class and then go to a, you know, their private lessons. Mm -hmm. We combine all of it into one place with lots of eyes and lots of ears and lots of support. Right, right. So they just have more tools in the toolbox to mm -hmm. build the house faster. Yeah. That's really the only difference. That's awesome. I love it. Um, okay. So I want to ask you, how did you come up with the vision? Like, what was that process like? Was it, were you, was it scary? Was it, did you, did you Terrifying. feel like, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah explain. Um, okay. So it's been a, a brainchild of mine, I guess you could say for about 20 years. So I spent a, a little over a decade in the public sector education wise. I have a master's in education administration. I taught speech, theater, debate, public speaking, all of those things in public school. I was also the artistic director for a couple local youth theaters. And I have three kids of my own who are performers in some aspect, whether that just be community theater or dance or um, film and television. Um, so I kind of was getting glimpses of where the holes in the system, so to speak, were from a lot of different angles. Um, I was seeing kids that came to the community theater programs that really aspired to do great things, but they didn't have the knowledge. They didn't have the work ethic. They didn't have the support. Um, and so they didn't know how to audition. They didn't know how to do their resumes. They didn't know how to do their, they didn't know what was a quality headshot. You know, they'd come in with a Polaroid of, <laughs> you know, of, of just the, a selfie that they took on their phone. Um, they didn't know the professional side of things. Um, in the public school, there's been a, a large shift in funding towards CTE programs, STEM programs, and the arts aren't as supported as, right. as um, some of those programs are right now. Um, but the bigger issue for me actually came when I saw the mental health of a lot of these young artists. Um, they're the ones that get bullied. They are the ones that are susceptible to depression and anxiety. Um, students and, and individuals who gravitate towards the arts are just 
the way that our brains work, being more kinesthetic and being more empathetic, we gravitate towards learning disabilities. We gravitate towards being members of the LGBT community. We graduate, gravitate more towards marginalized demographics. A lot of our students are students of color. Um, proportionately, our small population is more diverse than a lot of the larger schools around here because those schools seek, those students seek out a program that's safe. They seek out an environment that's supportive. So when I was seeing all of these super talented, super passionate kids, just not knowing how to be successful and not knowing what to do with their talent or their passion. And they were, you know, um, falling through the cracks, turning to drugs, turning to self-harms, turning to, um, you know, social emotional issues. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I needed to do something. Um, and I was not exactly pleased with the way public school was kind of going right. um, for me as an educator. I, I felt like in the public school, um, my job was to catch kids doing wrong. My job was to catch them out of dress code. My job was to, you know, punish them when they don't do their assignment instead of figuring out why they were doing those things and making them want to make the right choices, making them want to do the work, want to learn, want mm -hmm. to grow. Um, and inspiring them to do the right thing instead of punishing them for doing the wrong thing. So all of these things just kind of added up to me going, okay, well, I can either continue down the path that I was on and become a public school administrator and, or I can open my own school. <laughs> and so I jumped off the cliff um, and I, I came home one spring break, spring break of 2018. Mm -hmm. I literally came home and told my husband that I had turned in my resignation um, for the next year and that I wasn't going back. And he was like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I'm gonna open a school. And he was like, you're crazy, no. Um, and that was in March of 2018 and Ovation opened in August of 2018. Wow. <laughs> so I just kind of went, let's do it. Wow, that, yeah. that's, that's um, I, could, I can just imagine how scary that must have been because I mean, opening in a school is, mm -hmm. there's a lot. There's a, a lot, lot more do. than I thought. There's a lot um, to do. Because I, I know the art side because I've been engulfed in it for so long. And I know the education side because that's where my training and background really comes from. Um, the business side and the nonprofit side, I was clueless about. And that's where I've really, you know, hit a lot of obstacles and challenges. And, and we've been able to fight through it just because so many people do believe in our mission and believe in what we do for these kids. And they've seen the difference it's made and the lives that have literally been saved through our program. Um, it, it's been support that it's gotten us this far, you know, me seeking mentors and, and going to training myself and, you know, going through leadership McKinney or going to the chamber and going to the, the classes for small business owners and for nonprofit networking and really just finding the community and the support within the community to help me learn the things that I didn't know. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. You know, um, there's, I kind of would want to do a little segue. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> It's a question that I ask a lot of people. Uh, it sometimes throws people off, so okay. we'll see. Um, who is Angie Burns? That's a really good question, and I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're asking me, um, I I think that you know I'm just a a mom who loves what I do. I love making a difference. I love making an impact. I um, I, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a friend, a mentor. Um, I really 
like to think that I am what this school has become, that I am a positive, supportive, inclusive, good human that helps to make us a stronger community. That's what I like to think. That's that's it. That's, <laughs> that's who you are. That's awesome. Um, so with, I know that you have a performance background. Uh, yes. Comedian, correct? I, I did do stand-up comedy for 10 years. Yeah, on the amateur circuit. I mean, I, I performed. I opened for a couple local people, you know, improv or hyenas or, mm-hmm. or what have you. But I, I never did anything major. Um, I, I was a finalist in a... And I won a couple of, of comedy festivals and things like that, but okay. um, but I never pursued it too much. So how was how was life as a comedian? Where was it a moment where you were like, I I think I want to take this serious. I want to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. There were there were several moments that I was like, I could do this because I was way better at it than I thought I would be. Like I did it off almost out of a as a dare. I went up to an open mic one night mm-hmm. and. Um, the first time I ever actually performed anything that I had written as, as standup was in college, we had to do a, you know, a self-written monologue cause I was, I was a theater major and I got up and I just kind of did this highly inappropriate monologue <laughs> and everybody died laughing and they yeah. were like, you need to do standup. Yeah. And so, um, I went to an open mic and I just kind of threw some things out there and told some stories cause mm-hmm. my life is uh, crazy like my husband calls me murphy's law he's like if it can happen to somebody it will happen to you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so i just started telling stories of things that had happened and then i was a single mom for um eight and a half years and so i had a lot of single mom stories and dating while being a single mom stories and and those seemed to to be relevant to a larger audience so i was getting booked regularly really quickly and being a single mom and being an educator, I had to walk a very fine line because I was teaching in public school, I was doing it, but my act was very mature and not necessarily always politically correct. And so there was always that balance of, I have to pay attention to like who's in the audience or what I'm saying or what I'm doing. And do I wanna go this route or do I wanna go stick in education? And so there was a lot of, uh, you know, juxtaposition there, mm-hmm. um, but, I, I stopped doing comedy when I actually had my son. So I have older kids who are, you know, one's a senior this year actually here at Ovation. And then I have a, a college kid who's almost 20. And then I have a seven-year-old. Okay. Um, so when I had my son, my seven-year-old, that's when I, I kind of put everything on hold. And I've done one open mic in the past seven years. Wow. So, um, and it was awful because I, I just went to support my friend and then she put my name in and I didn't know it. And so I just got up and I was like, I don't think I remember any of my material, but here we go. Oh my gosh. What did you do? Like five minutes, two and a half minutes? I did. I think I was supposed to do four, but I had never been to this open mic before. So I didn't know where the light was or the clock was to tell me when mm-hmm. to stop. Mm-hmm. So eventually they had to like, you know, play the music to get me off stage yeah. or something. So. Like as a, as a public speaker as a comedian um those four to five minutes can seem like an eternity yeah absolutely absolutely i totally understand i know i've I've done some public speaking gigs myself Mm -hmm. and like there are moments where it's just when you're on you're on and it's fantastic but then when you lay off the gas a little bit or something goes wrong when there's silence or that yeah it's like a haunting silence you like hear the crickets and you're like um how much longer do i have to fill okay you're like where do we we're minute two (sighs) right right yeah it's 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 a tough gig but it's it's such a cool gig and like when you see 
comedy really, really come to life. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's one of, I think it's, a, for me, it's one of the most respected art forms out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I respect it the most. Yeah, I think it's one of the most challenging for sure. Yeah, and just to be able to, and when someone is really creating a story and kind of getting you mm -hmm. just by talking yeah. and just creating, I mean, that is the most, it's just an, a mic. Yeah. A mic, a body on stage, and then all these other bodies that are just hanging out. Right, right. You know? And so it, to me, it's like to create that kind of, um, that grasp on an audience mm -hmm. is like, it, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Yeah, I actually started on the theater side of things. I was, I did, um, I, I started in commercials and industrial films when I was like four, and then I did theater in high school and college and that sort of thing. Um, I... So I worked for Oklahoma Shakespearean Festival for four years and um, taught in their after-school program. And so I was more of a stage actor. Um, and I was, I'm not a musical person. I direct musicals. I love musicals. I'm obsessed with musicals. Um, but I'm really only good in the ensemble. Mm -hmm. I'm a great townsperson number four. Um, but I, I, I'm not the singer, the dancer. I was more of a classically trained, like, Shakespearean you know, Commedia is actually my favorite um, as far as stage acting goes. But so to to do the stand-up was actually outside of my box too. And it was a whole different world, a completely different world that I never knew existed, but it was really cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I, you know, I, I've tried to dare myself to to do a comedy act, but I don't think oh, it's... Oh, we're going to go. I'm I don't so going to take you. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're, we're going to do, do it. it. There's lots of open mics and you know, it's okay. You know, and I have stories, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it all, how it all pans out. Um, so with the uh, students that are, are here, always performing, always um, giving it their all. Yeah. Do teachers have the sh a showcase that they perform for the students or, you know, yeah, is there something yeah, like yeah. that? So we do, um, we actually do what's called showcase on a Sunday. So mm -hmm. once a month we go to a local restaurant or coffee shop or a venue and we perform. And a lot of times our teachers will perform with our students. Um, I've tried, but I can't think of enough material that's appropriate for the principal <laughs> to say. <laughs> the songs that I know are all like 90s rap right. and the, you know, the, <laughs> the stand-up that I could do. Um, monologues, I, I think I did promise them that I would do a couple of monologues before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I usually don't but we have extremely talented instructors so mm -hmm. all of our instructors are also working professionals in the industry awesome so we have um linda eicher is actually a working actress she's been in the business for over 50 years and she does film television commercial all sorts of things her resume is like ridiculous and she's one of our teachers so sometimes she'll even play like her demo reel for the kids or um we have um Miss Amy, who's our Dean of Students, uh, is sings and she just did a show locally. So um, actually, Miss Linda was just Miss Daisy and driving Miss Daisy right down here in, in downtown McKinney recently. Oh, wow. yeah. um, and so our, our staff work mm -hmm. um, consistently so they could our kids can go and see them work. They can go see them in action and then trust that they know what they're doing and, and teaching them. Um, so that's, that's a really cool aspect of our program too, is that we have so many working professionals. Our director of music is a professional opera singer. Oh, wow. Um, we have, you know, our, our guitar teacher, um, is in a band. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, our kids can go watch them work and yes. then say, I trust that they can teach me how to do that because they're doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. That it's, it's always good to, to be able to see your teacher perform. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of, it's. 
it's it's kind of out of this world when you get to see them perform. Yeah. Especially after like training day in, day out, hour, mm -hmm. eight hours a day. You know, yeah. and then you go see them and you're like, oh, this is what the pro finished product is going to be. Right. Yeah. If I just keep working at yeah, it yeah, and for keep sure. pushing. Yeah. You know, and I and, think that's cool. And we actually have we have what's called Ovation Encore, which mm -hmm. is an adult program where we do a couple of shows a year with adults. And right now we're in rehearsals for Avenue Q and we have three staff members, I think, that are in the show. OK. And so we only have two students in the show because you have to be a certain age to right. be in the show. Mm -hmm. But um, but it's local adults and several of our staff are in it. So our kids will get to see them perform. Um, you know, go through the rehearsal process and, mm -hmm. and perform and all that, just like they do every day. Now, is Avenue Q, okay, I, I know that it's, um, you know, for adults. It's Adult um, Sesame Street. Yes, Adult <laughs> Sesame Street. Um, now, is it, can she have to be over the age of 18, or is it just that's your rule, so, or yeah. is it like the rule for the um, production itself? You, There's actually a, I think, a school version of it, but we're not doing that version. Our, our Ovation Encore program, you actually have to be 16 or older, okay. but from 16 to 18, you have to have parent permission. Um, but with the rights to the show, I think you have to be, I don't know, some shows you do have to be a certain age. I'm not positive on that one because it is for our adult program that we were able to get the rights to it. But there are some that like, they won't give you the rights to certain shows for youth programs. Um, but now they've started making youth or school versions of almost everything like there's a, a school rent there's a school version of cabaret there's a school version of like everything and i'm yeah. like really prostitutes and strip clubs cool all right kiddos. how we're we gonna work around yeah. that yeah <laughs> yeah like it, like instead of, I, i've heard i actually haven't seen or read it but i've heard that the school version of rent instead of it being aids it's diabetes okay and i'm like hmm. not exactly the same thing but yeah. okay yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 they made it work. So, you know, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah. Now you have coming up November 11th through the 14th, uh, the lightning thief, the Percy Jackson musical. Yeah. Uh, We're actually the, um, community regional premiere of that show. Oh, so wow. it, we are the first ones to, to perform that show, uh, cause the rights just came out. Uh -huh. And so, um, it's very new. It's very, you know, bright and shiny. Mm -hmm. Um, we are performing that uh, Thursday the 11th through Sunday the 14th. We have six performances at Church Street Auditorium in downtown McKinney. Okay. And it is all students. It's um, all student costume design, prop design, set design, um, or constructed. Um, everything's done by the students. We have um, a student assistant choreographer who choreographed half the numbers in the show. And then all of the cast are our students. But most of our students are college and career bound. Mm -hmm. So they're really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just saw a, a quick performance of the um, of the musical theater dance. Yes. Yeah, they're doing um, for their dance challenge for challenge. their upcoming competition. They're doing a, a song from Wonderland, the mm -hmm. musical. And so, yeah, you got a sneak peek at that. It's not totally done yet, but um, student choreographed yeah. and everything. Yeah. And, and you said that they had just finished choreographing that today. Yeah. And that's. I hadn't was, even seen. I hadn't even seen it when you saw it. I had it only pretty, seen the first it half. It was yeah. spot on. It was. There's a lot of great things happening in that in that rehearsal. So they're very talented. I, I, I love. I love. Very them. driven. So. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, is there anything else that you want to plug before we um, before we take um, off? We have, uh, I guess, just a couple of things. Um, we have this May, we are doing the first annual Shakespeare in the Park McKinney, which is going to be a huge event um, for McKinney, kind of a Renaissance Festival type of event. That's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Mm -hmm. We do run off of solely for the most part, um, grants and sponsorships. Right. And so anybody out there who is like, this sounds like a really cool program and wants to support the arts, wants to support these young artists, help them make a difference, um, finish their education, continue in their education towards their career path. Um, we always need sponsors, we always need donors. You can help scholarship a student so that they can come to our program, um, help sponsor a show, um, we have a lot of shows, uh, so mm -hmm. they can come and, and be a title sponsor for a show, uh, or just come see our shows. Absolutely, and support the kids. Yeah, just support, and mm -hmm. if you can come out and you know, give yeah. a little cash. That's great. We uh, love that. We yeah. would definitely like to see that. Right. Um, right hopefully, yeah. this will reach some people out um, yeah. out there in, in, in this in the podcast world. Right, uh, right. And people who listen. So, like, if you guys want to donate, just hit me up. Um, I can also give Absolutely. like. Um, whatever information you have for the ovation i don't know if you got to yeah. have a instagram yeah we do um everything is pretty much ovation apa mm -hmm. so it's academy of performing arts so um our website is ovationapa.org our instagram handle is at ovation apa our facebook is facebook.com slash ovation apa so everything if you just do ovation academy or ovation apa you should be able to find us and find so, a way that um you can help support us yeah so Message that Instagram guys if you guys want to be a part of this or if you want to donate. Um, I say donate, donate, donate because this Please, is such you. a great, great cause, and I'm so excited that this is happening. Um, not only just in this world, but also in my hometown. Yeah. So it's fantastic to know that there's people out there that are really wanting to uh, progress in in for for children's lives. Yeah. You know, and we really do need that. We need yeah. advocates and and I'm you know kudos to you for Thank you. making that leap, making yeah. that jump because you have something extremely extremely beautiful here. Thank sure. you. I appreciate it. Well, Angie, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate you talking thank with us you. and hanging out. Um, until next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.